Hello and welcome to Ale of a Time. This week we sat down with Matt from Boat Rocker Brewers and Distillers over Zoom for a bit of a chat about all things Boat Rocker. Uh, stay tuned because he he will give you gives us a lot of sneak previews onto some exciting products that they're working on and tweaking behind the scenes. And it's always good to chat to Matt and kind of pick his brains on you know what's happening in the the world of beer and uh, what's happening in the world of Boat Rocker because they're always up to something interesting and, and new and unique. So. Stay tuned for that. After the chat, uh, we hung out on Zoom and had a bit of a stout float uh, meetup where we all put ice cream into beer and had a bit of a chat. My beer of choice was the Holgate Imperial Porter, known as Empress. Maybe technically not a stout in name, but uh, certainly delicious at 10% with a couple of scoops of vanilla ice cream. Uh, if you couldn't make it to the meetup, just feel free to add ice cream to stout at home and I'm sure it'll have the the desired effect. Uh, in the meantime, we'll throw to our chat and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be still doing it over Zoom. I think it's our last one in ISO, hopefully for Victoria. But um, yeah, join us in the chat for Zoom if you have any questions. Uh, keep an eye on our socials with who the guest is going to be. Cheers. Welcome to Ale of a Time Saturday. What we thought would be part of our winter lockdown series has turned out to be one of the nicest days in, <laughs> in Melbourne uh, for, the, for the most recent memory, but we are still somewhat restricted. So uh, it's, you know, it's a good time to catch up with uh, Matt Houghton from Boat Rocker. Matt, how are you going? Yeah, good. Hello, everyone. Um, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a while since we've both chatted. Uh, I think the last time was we, we shared a, a figure in uh, Coffee Stout on the brewery floor uh, a number of years ago, the epic. Um, yeah. That was before you even opened the tap room, I think. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, was you were pretty new into that space, weren't you? Yeah, we'd only sort of been there for a, a year or two, maybe at, at best. Um, yeah, that was a lot, almost a lifetime ago, I think, but yeah. It's, it's I crazy. The, I think the highlight for me that day was also, we drank the balloon of ice that would go on to become Miss Pinky, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, straight from Tank, which yeah. is, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was, um, yeah, and that's that's changed a lot as well, just with process and production and uh, everything else that goes with it. So that's, um, yeah, a bit of a journey. Now, before we go too far, uh, Dave, how are you going? Very well. No complaints. You've been out and about President. on a President. day? And accounted for. <laughs> you would not believe it. Like, I could not believe it last weekend or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You forgot. I forgot that you forgot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah not that, only that, did I not come to the show, I ruined our weekend here as well because I was <laughs> in a bad mood. I was in a bad mood for the rest of the weekend. So oh, that's awful. You shouldn't have been <laughs> in a bad mood. You were out enjoying sunshine rather than inside podcasting. That is... It was just like we stumbled, like we walked down to uh, Darabin Parklands, and where we time-wise should have turned around to come home we sort of just wandered through the parklands and found this and that and then you sent me the link and i was just like we're in ivanhoe by foot what, what am i going to do and then yeah 
as I say, I ruined our weekend after that. Yeah. Ah, I'm so sorry. Well, it was a great <laughs> chat last week. With, it was good. It was a good show. I liked it. Yeah. Pat, Pat from Sunley Seltzer, so you can listen back if anyone else missed it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, very nice. Uh, I don't know if we, we need to talk about Seltzer today. We've talked about it the last two weeks. Yeah, uh, but no, if anyone. It, it'll get anyway. a lot more times, I'm sure, before the year is out. So. <laughs> uh, if anyone in the chat there has any questions, just drop them in there. Um, good to see some familiar names in there already. Uh, so also, I just want to shout out, um, I'm drinking this free beer that I got sent from Brick Lane. They sent us a slab of it, so I'm going to, uh, with the encouragement to give some to the neighbours. So I might do some uh, doorstep drops over the next couple of days. But yeah, it's one of their new cans. I, I quite like the look of it, and it's a, it's a pretty good lager. Have you had one yet, Dave? Not yet. I put a couple in the fridge today, so um, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, our neighbour comes by... She's an older Greek lady, comes by twice a week to give us a chicken, a roast chicken that she gets cheap from the shops. So, uh, yeah, I'll exchange her with a little uh, care package next time she comes around. Excellent. And Dave, what do you got in your glass there? Yeah. Another freebie. I've got the um, new West Coast IPA from Hargraves Hill. Um, I think it was packaged like three or four days ago. So um, it's super fresh and it tastes super fresh. So it's good. Yeah, thanks to Hargreaves Hill for sending us some beers as well. Uh, I had the pale last night and very much enjoyed it as a Friday knockoff. You uh, got a beer on the go there, Matt? I actually don't. I feel rather naked not having a beer in front of me, but that's... I, I almost didn't, but I've got too much beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just a, a quick um, reminder, we'll be doing a bit of a catch-up afterwards. If anyone wants to join us on the Zoom call afterwards... Dave is going to lead us in some ice cream and stout action. So uh, stay. Uh, we'll drop the link into the chat. Perfect day for it. Why would you want to? <laughs> we'll get away from the hard seltzer on a beautiful sunny day and we'll combine <laughs> some ice cream and stout. Perfect. Now, Matt, uh, we were just talking about stout just before we went live. We were talking about your, your kind of core range stout. Can you tell us sort of how that's going and, and yeah, what it's look, all about? Yeah, uh, it's going well by all accounts. So we're, it's moving people. Uh, Dan Murphy's decided to put it nationwide, um, which is good. And we're, we're sort of a bit, we're a bit flummoxed at first as to why the stout was moving so well. Um, well we think it tastes nice, but uh, we also looked on the shelf and, of a few Dan Murphys and realised that there are actually there aren't that many stouts out there. Um, no, not, yeah. And in cans, I don't think there are at all for, for Dan Murphys, um, which is a fascinating sort of insight as to obviously people enjoy stout. Um, there's the, 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 the range at, at Dan's, I think, in bottles from England, um, which are, you know, very traditional style drops. And I think ours is along those lines, but probably a little bit more uh, affordable being in the, in the can and made locally. So, um, but it's just a multi enjoyable stout, really. 6.1%. I shouldn't really say session stout, but it's sort of, for me, that's, that's the, it's got the balance between malt and palate weight uh, and also drinkability. The, there's something we've talked about in the past, Dave and I, uh, the, yeah, the lack of stouts, the lack of that five to 6% stouts in the Australian market, which, you know, it's kind of cool seeing that doing really well because it's something that I, I really like to drink. It's, you know, I can drink three or four of them. Yeah, which I think it's funny. I think the, the craft market uh, is very much focused on big stouts, of which we obviously do do a few of them as well. <laughs> but it's, it is like a, you know, it's got to be 10% or, you know, eight plus. Um, but to have, you know, I, I'm, I've always been 
determine that you can have a good full-bodied stout in that 5 to 6% mark that is not necessarily going to knock you on your feet or off your feet, I should say. Um, yeah, so it's funny how the, the like there's obviously demand for it, so I'm surprised that, that either more people aren't doing it. Um, yeah, it's a bit strange. Speaking directly about uh, your stout and Dan Murphy's as well, um, our Dan Murphy's in Preston has got like one of the better um, craft, local craft ranges um, that I've seen. And even not just stout, but like anything dark locally, there's just almost nothing there, which is why I mentioned, yeah, we grabbed a six pack of the, of, of your stout, but like, yeah, nothing dark at all, hardly. Yeah, which is funny. Look, I've seen uh, in our local Parkdale uh, Dan's there, um, uh, you might get an interruption by my uh, young boy who's asking me what, what I can do. But it's just like, you can, you can, you can play on my phone or you can watch some TV while I'm, I'm here. I'm just busy for five minutes, 10, 15. I don't know how long yet. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry about that. Um, yeah, uh, like there's the, the, the Mac Daddy from... from yep. um, that was the only one I've seen that is dark. Um yeah, it's the only one I've seen, I think. So um, um I know that Hop Nation do really well with uh Karma. Well they're Karma stout, yeah, they're Yeah, but that's that is seasonal. I can't remember if I'm making it up or they, they said that they were gonna make it year round. But I, I know that they they sell a lot of it and they're they're really happy with how it goes. So Yeah. Well, okay. From in my Dan Murphy's, like the chop's the only thing that's there. Even the heart isn't around that much. Um, but yeah, all the time the chop's there, but no stout at all. Like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I do wonder whether the the people who own the bottle stores and the the, the pubs and everything else are, are just sort of taking for. I don't know. I have this preconceived idea that they just need six taps of pale ale or a, the old IPA, etc., rather than having a stout. People obviously drink it and want to drink it all the time but we'll soon find out uh, whether it's a whether it's a, a year-round scenario or if it's a summertime uh drop off um which we expect there to be some so there's a lot going on at boat rocker or there has been over since we we last spoke officially on the podcast <laughs> yeah you might say that yeah give us a, <laughs> yeah. a bit of a, a an overview of what's happening now because you've added um and distillers to your your name yeah so that that happened quite when that 2017 so we uh acquired a distillery from wa um they merged into boat rocker and and we've sort of taken on the, the realm of creative spirit producer now as well so um sorry <laughs> doesn't understand the concept of zooming but um <laughs> And it's not a bad thing. No, no, exactly. well, actually, it's a very good thing. This is part and parcel of Zooming anyway, so that's yeah, fine. Exactly. But they're so adept at, at iPhones and iPads. They just got locked out front. But <laughs> go. I'll go for a walk with the, uh, with the laptop. Okay, um, we've got a bit of a look at Matt's house. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> but um, he... <laughs> no, oh, I'm busy, Jake. Come on, you need to go and just... <laughs> I don't know where the mate is either, so you'll have to have a look. <laughs> Sorry. Mum has gone out with the daughter for for their allowed one-hour walk, so... Um... Sorry. Yeah, so a lot of things have happened. Yeah, so, like, I mean, we, we like playing around with lots of different beers. Um, and, as you know, uh, different styles of beers. Um, and we sort of thought the opportunity to play with spirits... Um, is is definitely 
on that experimental range that we would want to try and focus on. So we're, we've been busily over the last few years putting a lot of things in the barrel um, to try and get, uh, I guess, I don't know, a, a creative, another creative urge uh, satisfied. Um, so, so, so you've started with gin was kind of the, the main product or that was the hippocampus product that kind of, it was, yeah. And look, and Hippocampus uh, was known for making two products, their, their dry gin and their vodka, which were um, and are excellent because we, we still make them. Um, but the creative aspect of different flavours um, was really something that, that tied well into Boat Rocker. So uh, Jungle Gin, uh, which is like a, a Southeast Asian-inspired gin um, with, with a lot of uh, lime leaves and coriander and uh, also lemongrass and ginger, um, but then also the raspberry gin. And then we make a native Australian gin, the original gin. Um, and then we're, we're releasing Christmas gins with uh, it's like South America inspired, mole inspired uh, gin for, for Christmas. Um, and just playing around with a whole lot of different things. So um, there's a lot more. We've got a, a barrel aged gin that's been bourbon barrel aged. Um, which is tasting amazing. So that's soon to be released. We've got a whole swag of different spirits. We've got, um, well, years ago when we first, well, years, it's only three years, uh, but we uh, distilled uh, coffee ramjet and put that into a barrel. And that's been sitting there for nearly three years and that will get packaged up in the next few weeks. Um, that, that's tasting amazing. So and right. the things that... Yeah, we, we got in trouble with a, a whiskey, a beer whiskey uh, called Forget Me Not, which was Alpha Queen, which we had distilled at Starwood Distillery. Um, and that had, uh, the, the whiskey purists were up in arms somewhere anyway, um, because they were concerned that you can't call it whiskey. But we, we were arguing that we can, we didn't add anything to the still. It was just the wash that had been flavoured with hops. Um, and I was arguing on the same line of, of is there any different to smoking malt uh, with peat um, as opposed to adding something during the wash production, um, be it hops or using dark malts and getting, we've got a stout whiskey that's coming along really nicely. So um, that's one of those things where the, the roast malts and the crystal malts can really add a, a different flavour through distillation and, and barrel ageing. So was there a consensus with the whiskey? people at the end oh, of all no, we, did. We, we, we reached a point of just saying we're never going to agree but we called it beer whiskey so we made it plain and clear that it is beer whiskey it's not whiskey we're not trying to take on scotland or uh denigrate the the notion of what whiskey is and, and even uh, starwood um they were fully behind the idea and more than happy with calling it whiskey because it's it fits the the legal definition of whiskey in australia so so with these whiskey people that were up in arms, do they matter? No, <laughs> they don't. And if anything, all it did was just provide a, uh, a an extra, you know, the, the product sold out. I mean, to be fair, we had 450 bottles, but the product sold out very quickly. Um, and if anything, you know, the, the, this banter between the purists probably helped fuel some of that. Um, it is interesting, the, you know, the, the, the sort of hybridisation of a lot of these products where people start panicking about, you know, it doesn't diminish the fact that this, these amazing whiskies have been going on for years. This is just kind of a new addition to a category, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I look at it. Uh, to me, 
if we if we we stay stuck in the the you know just I think respect tradition, but but don't be uh, beholden to it. Is sort of the way we look at things, um, and that means pushing boundaries a little bit. Which also I think that's that's partly what the boat rocker name needs to live up to a little bit. So um, yeah, what was the? Oh, go ahead. You go, Dave. Sorry. I just wanted to know like how much difference in the final product does like a different. Uh, base beer wash make to the flavor profile? Yeah, look, fascinating. Oh, it, it's from, I mean, the, we've only done a, a handful, I guess. Uh, and we're, we're experimenting with, with more as we go. And a lot of it is the barrel that you choose and the, the amount of time in barrel. But um, we definitely see a big difference between, say, a hoppy pale ale or IPA. Um, the floral notes uh, change, but are definitely apparent in the, the, the whiskey. So we've got more Alpha Queen whiskey that's really uh incredible aromatically you get the barrel character some malt character but also the hot uh aroma is there but just changed from what the beer was it's more floral um strangely in in the whiskey format but i guess it's been distilled and, and amplified um for the barrel uh but then compared to say the stout whiskey um that's you actually almost feel like you're getting more of the malt character um so that that's and, and picking up some of those uh, dark flavours of, of malts. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to... been told to get into my phone. Um, <laughs> I need to play it. Sorry. Um, right. And then the coffee ranjit whiskey, uh, that's one of those things where we actually, you do get the, the flavour of coffee on top of dark malts, um, wood, uh, and the barrel type is across all of these things is very uh, important as well. So I think you, you've got to choose the right barrel type that's going to complement the the flavour potential of the beer. That sounds really wanky, but it's it's one of those like a big a big whiskey like uh, the coffee ranjit whiskey has is in X um, X Apera barrel, uh, really rich uh, sweet wood character. And it goes sort of in your, in my mind anyway. It goes well with the the whiskey character, but then the bourbon uh, barrel that we've chosen to age the Alpha Queen in the the bourbon vanillins seem to work quite well with the floral aspect, um, and they're lighter. Like the wood character is lighter, so it's more about it's just a different flavour experience, I guess. Are they um, different barrels? Um, do they work themselves out to be a, like a clear winner, or would you ever like? split the batch um, and age them in different barrels to have different versions? I'd like to. The, the hard part is the expense. Um, a wash, for example, to come up with enough uh, spirit to fill a whiskey barrel, a 200-litre barrel, uh, we need about 4,000 litres of beer, um, which is a lot. If you're using a lot of hops, it's an expensive process and more expensive than, say, if you were making a traditional whiskey where you wouldn't have any other wash additives apart from malt and some salts and yeast. Um, whereas we're doing things a little bit differently, um, especially with you know, something like Ramjet, it's cost per litre for that is stupidly expensive due to the, the, the crazy malt bill. Um, let alone it had already spent time uh, in, in some barrel as well. So um, yeah, it's a fascinating sort of crazy project. What was, uh, someone just mentioned in the chat, Jack Jet. Was that the, the car and sellers? Yeah, Jack Jet. So they, um, uh, Ben, uh, well, 
big, we call them Big Ben, Little Ben, which is Ben Cahon and, and Ben Duval, uh, basically got in touch with us and said, we've got some 150 year, 150th anniversary uh, Jack Daniels barrels that are, we've flown in from the States. They're still wet with Jack Daniels 150th whiskey. Um, would you like to put a beer into them? And we said yes. <laughs> um, it was stupid not to. Uh, and, yeah, but the result was Jack Jet. And that was just a small small run for them? Yeah, look, it was only 400. Well, it was, it was four barrels, uh, but we made the call that one of the barrels just had an NQR about it. So rather than blend that with the other three, we're, we're going to release a, 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 another Jack Jet version, but it will be more of a wild scenario that we're, just, we're working on a plan for that. Cool. What was it like? Sorry. Look, it was really good. It sold out. We did not expect. I mean, the funny thing is it sold out in an absolute heartbeat and people were complaining that they'd missed out and we should have put limits on it. Um, and the thing is, we've, every year we've made stuff from Banshee through to Ramjet and we've never sold out. Um, with the exception of this year, which was a lockdown uh, Roger Ramjet release, um, and so we, we just sort of, oh, look, it's unlikely, you know, it will sell out, but so be it. We didn't expect it to sell out. We sold out in eight minutes, um, which is insane. Uh, to be fair, there were only three barrels, so 600 litres, so it's not a lot of volume. But it's uh, through one, one store. Well, it was sold at the same time. We opened at midday, uh, Carl and, and, and us on our own respective uh, web stores, um, and we'd both sold out pretty much at the same time. Um, which was just, we, we weren't expecting that at all. So, so how is how is Ramjet going these days? It's kind of your yeah, look, flagship beer. It is. And I, it's a funny thing because we always come up with these different variants of Ramjet. And it was funny to note one one person, one of our regulars who buys Ramjet all the time, saw that Jackjet was coming out. And he's like, oh, they're like Pokemons. I have to collect them all. Um, and it is like people sort of think along that 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 way to an extent. So, like we've had Roger Ramjet, Fat Santa different iterations of Fat Santa, bourbon barrel-aged, Starwood barrel-aged. But the, the one and, like, the, the original Ramjet is always Starwood. Um, and that's, that does very well. But I think, again, it's that, that hype factor of wanting something new and different. Um, and so people always love a little variant. But, yeah, the, the new Ramjet uh, is being released um, towards the end of this month, depending, cool. maybe early October. Um, we're just going to try and work out. We normally do a Ramjet day, um, but obviously that can't happen. I don't think it's going to happen for until next year. So we're, we're coming up with a, like an online pack where we'll release that and, and get, get that out and about. But um, we're just going to try and work out the finer details of how much. And that's, I'm, I'm the one, for the most part, who packages. My wife does a lot as well. After hours, it goes and packs online orders. Um, but it's a pain in the backside. I love it. Thank you, everyone, for who does buy. But it, you've just got to be so much extra careful with everything because you know that it's been manhandled by a third party uh, and not treated treated with the same level of respect that perhaps it should be. So you've got to put extra padding around everything and make sure it's addressed correctly and pack all the right things. So probably once a week I get an email saying, I ordered two bottles of Saison. I've only got one or I wanted the, this beer instead of that beer, but I've got this and it's just like a <laughs> mutter to yourself and you apologize, send them a 
for replacement and they can they can drink the one I stuffed up on. So I guess they'll win in the end. Um, yeah, that's, that's just good marketing, right? People will then post, oh, they stuffed up, but they gave me a free beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, someone in the chat, uh, Sam, mentioned about the uh, variations on a theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know much about that beer. Can you tell me what... It's, it's sort of a, a series of hazies, is that right? Yes, look, we... We, we, we are very tongue-in-cheek with a lot of the beers we, we name um, and variations on a theme is tongue-in-cheek in relation to hazies. Um, and we're not known for hoppy beers, I guess. Um, not, not that they're necessarily our flagship. We do make them. We've always made them. But um, And variations on a theme was, was started at number four because we thought purely looking at the can, the number I is just a single without any uh, serifs on it. Um, so on Sarif, it's just like, they look crap. So let's, let's, let's do IV and just start, start from four. Like the only reason we started at four. Um, More shrewd marketing. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the George Lucas method, right? What's that? Sorry. The George Lucas method. You can yeah, yeah, exactly. Start, well, that's the other thing. We, we did joke about that. We can, he can start at number four. So can we, and we will go back at some stage perhaps, but, um, and we've got, and it's, it also, the way we do labels, it sounds really like it's fun making labels, but it's time consuming. And the more you print it once, the more you then, uh, the cheaper the label becomes. So we thought, well, if we come up with a, a theme like that, we can do four, five, six. Uh, we can get shed loads printed at once in combination with a few other labels and we'll, we'll knock out the, the idea behind them and we are sort of get the label cost down and, Try and try and save a few pennies here and there, um, but yeah, there are other other beers that will fill it, fill the place. I'm sure with different hazies, but they're all, as the name suggests, variations on a theme. So one of the beers, uh, and again, tongue in cheek, but is the hop list is uh, I think the next one is going to be um, Simcoe Mosaic Centennial, and then the number six, which is going to be the one after that, is uh, Mosaic Centennial Simcoe. Um, exactly the same three hops, but in different proportions and different so variations, just to see what what it does. And we know it does do different things when you add different volumes of hops at different times, and at the particularly in hazies when you're like triple dry hopping, um, there's there's definite differences. That's kind of a meme there as well, where people sort of say, you know, it is this, look at the hops are in a different order, and you know everyone just races out and buys it regardless. Um, but it does, yeah, there is a, an impact, isn't there? When you yeah, oh, that, that's part of my tongue-in-cheekness with it as well. Um, yeah, oh, it does. I think when you're adding something at the start, like the, the, uh, the, the catchphrase of biotransformation um, is one of those things where you just go, hang on a second, but it, it actually does make a difference. And choosing which hop to do at the start of that high Krausen um, is really important. How much research, you know, you mentioned biotransformation and, you know, we kind of don't know a lot of the process still. There's still a lot of research going into trying to understand what actually happens. How much is a, a brewer that's, you know, as you said, you're packaging online orders, uh, you're running a business, you're doing, you know, whiskey and, and gin, you know, wild beer, which we'll talk about soon. Um, how much do you stay across the, the science behind it all? Oh, I'd like to say really on top of it all the time, but I don't have the time to sit down and read. I'll normally, you get, we get these little um, 
uh, well, we've got obviously other other brewers uh, who can afford to spend more time reading these things and uh, have a chat. We have a discussion, um, especially when we're making new beers. It's always a, a bit of a team discussion, but we get extracts from um, scientific papers and stuff like that. Excuse me, we have a read of those sort of things, but we, we don't go into too much depth. We sort of just go along with this works. Let's give it a crack and see what, see see how it see how it plays out. Um, and, and it's sort of yeah, there's enough anecdotal evidence. Um, there's no necessarily a, a rule book, but there's enough anecdotal evidence that uh, of what happens with biotransformation um, and definite. You know, we, we see the results in in the finished product. So. Thinking back, you mentioned you were in a hobby beer brewery, but um, your first two beers were, I think one of them was called Hot Beer, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Hot Beer, which was a, a German, yeah, German-styled Pilsner uh, with New Zealand hops. Um, and I love it. I mean, I still love that beer, but the punter just doesn't want Pilsner. Why do you think that is? I just... What's that, sorry? They're wrong. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. I, I love, a, a, a Pilsner is one of those beers that on a day like today is absolutely made for it. Um, but I, I don't really know why it doesn't, maybe it doesn't have the same appeal. Maybe the word Pilsner is a, uh, reminds them of something that they've had in the past that, that didn't really work for them. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. Completely. It's one of those things where I, don't know, I feel like maybe the, the seltzer movement is going to be, well, we've gone this extreme with beer, with haze. Uh, seltzer is taking it to the other extreme where it's going to be water. And maybe this is the, the time, maybe the evolution, the natural evolution will be post-seltzer lager. Um, yeah. And Pilsner will be, you know, edge our way back into to, into the classics. I don't know. I'm just like trying to read a, a mind. It's in, impossible to read, really. I think a few years ago we would have been blown away by what the beers that are, you know, selling out really quickly, you know, sour IPA candy beers are, are all the rage. And five yeah. years ago that didn't exist. So <laughs> trying to predict what no. people want. Oh, completely. And look, to be fair, even at the start of this year when, when we put Stout into Dan Murphy's, we're like, oh, yeah, we'll have an uptick. Um, it'll go all right. And then it's just we've sort of been blown away a little bit by by that. And then with a similar thing a few years prior with, with Miss Pinky going, God, is anyone going to even like Miss Pinky outside of the, the craft beer circle? Um but they clearly do, which is one of those things. Uh, I don't know. We, we don't do market research and go and line up all these random strangers and ask them questions about ideas. We sort of just make it because we like it and then hope other people do too. I guess that's probably everything that we do is always purely selfish. I, I want to drink it. So if it's, um, <laughs> and you know, not everyone wants to drink all ideas, but um, they do seem to, move on. The only one I think that we hung around for a while was, uh, I think it was orange sherbet, um, barrel aged, uh, barrel aged Brett Berliner with orange blossom. Um, that was a collab, wasn't it? Yeah. With, with Turl. I think the, the first batch sold out was, we thought, sold it really quickly. Let's do another one. Uh, it didn't, didn't sell it so quickly. <laughs> but, and, um, and you think of, you know, on paper that is the kind of beer that would sell out pretty consistently 
just you know what I mentioned before about people wanting those. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I remember uh, Miro gave a bottle to, I think it was the the chef, the, the travelling chef from from Brooklyn had come out for mm. for Good Beer Week, um, and he was just like, oh, this is incredible. He had you know he lined up a whole uh, sea urchin row and all those crazy things. I'm thinking, awesome. You know, that's what what I want people to do with that beer. Um, but yeah, no, it just t- took a while. Speaking of collabs, there's a question in the chat about uh, working with Demolin. Yes, yes. What did you do with Demolin? Uh, I don't know how much we're actually allowed to say. Oh, okay. Juicy. I don't know anything about it. This is news to me. So. Yeah, look, we because the the whole Carlin collaborational um, yep. was due to go ahead, and then obviously the pandemic put paid to that. Um, but Carlin are, are, are still sort of. Uh, planning ahead with or going ahead with a, like a, a virtual festival. It's happening on Beer, Beer Together, this very channel. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. I, I've been on many emails about it and I've just, it's one of those things Not I've really? just aside <laughs> and gone, I, I can handle that later on and checking yeah. with Craft, Crafty, uh, James Smith, who's, he's sort of taking the lead from the, the content side and he's across it. I yep. don't need to do much. Uh, okay, just, well, that's, that's fine then. Keep an eye on this channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, look, we made a beer via long distance uh, and came up with, with some concepts. I just don't know if I'm allowed to say what the beer style is until it's in your pack, but we do one. Um, the only thing I can say is we wanted to do a barrel-aged one, but, and that was going to be the case in the original collaboration uh, when they were coming to Melbourne, um, but that just couldn't happen in the time frame anyway. Well, it worked out a nice ad for the channel anyway, so... Subscribe yeah, and yeah. hit the notification bell. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's talk about wild and I guess um, farmhouse and and the kind of sour side. What's uh, what's happening in that for you at the moment? Um, look, lots of things. I guess we've got lots of. Uh, it's always a, a constant juggle of what we want to come up with, um, especially as the t- things take quite a while. But um, we've got uh, I guess two that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, is uh, a Mark um, Wild Ale. So using um, a variety of grapes, uh, there's a, a variety called Savagna, which is not Sauvignon, but it's Savagna, which is uh, the, the classic wine grape from Jura, um, which has a really distinct uh, aromatic profile and is used to make yellow wines. Um, so we... Uh, well, one of the, the winemakers for Crittenden Estate, the, the, they're the largest producer of Sauvignon in Australia. Um, he likes our beers and he got in touch uh, and said, I'm finishing harvest shortly. Do you want some, some grape, Mark? And Mark's the, the spent grapes. Um, we're like, yep, love to. So we got some Sauvignon. Uh, he drove them up, 300 kilos, and um, just as a, as a trial, we, we threw... Uh, through a, a barrel we thought would be appropriate onto onto that and let it sit for, for a little while. Um, and the result is incredible. And so we've, we've teed up to do more next year. Um, we want to try and quadruple volumes to try and cause I think there's enough. It's amazing. Like the beer itself was already around 6%. Uh, but then the way that they press these grapes, um, they don't try and squeeze them too hard. They don't want to release uh, too many... Um, crush. They don't want to crush the seeds, which means there's a lot of grape juice left in the in the actual grapes. So we then measured the gravity um, 
of once we put the grapes in of the actual the beer um, and it had jumped another 30 points of sugar so the resultant wild ale um, has finished we've just done a blend did the final blend uh, on Friday with the winemaker and that's sitting at about 9.4 percent alcohol but wow. immensely balanced and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one so yeah, packaging it next Wednesday and hopefully should be ready in, in a few weeks um, after that. So, How's demand for, for that style um, and, you know, the, the kind of the slightly larger format? Do you do 750s or just 375s? We do 500s. 500s. Okay. We're sort of wow. like an in-betweener. Um, yeah, it's one of those. We, we, we sort of thought we need a bottle shape that's – we wanted amber so it could cover both, uh, yeah, normal beers like the Banshee or – whatever else we wanted to put into that um, rather than the, the, the green 375, which I think are absolutely fine for, uh, for wild ales. But so we, we chose with a, uh, we're stuck with a, uh, a 500 mil format that can take cork and cage as well as a 26 mil crown. So it'll fit on our, our bottling line um, fairly easily, which is good. And do people uh, snapping them up? Are they like, what's the um, kind of Look, thing? some of the, look now we're in lockdown. Yeah. We're, we're actually almost sold out of our... Like across here, just going, bloody hell, things just disappear. Um, I, th- I think the market definitely, when it was not locked down and mm. people, I, make, I don't know if they're looking for something new or they're spending more time scouring the net for, for different beers, but um, some of our, our beer, you know, like the Wild Cherry, which we've done a number of times now, that, that sold out really quickly. Um, I think come higher alcohol, not, not a lot of wild ales are that high. I mean, we did a, our very, well, one of our first was Gaston, um, which was a, that was fantastic. And I really wish I kicked myself for not keeping more bottles of that because um, that was lovely. Pretty, pretty sure I had one not too long ago. My favourite of that, like, um, that era of those um, farmhouse sort of beers, it was so good. It just sort of hit the mark and I think, I think the beer that we've got... Is that 9.5%? Yeah, yeah. Well, like pretty up there for, for a, a, a wild ale. Um, and I guess the one, this one we've just done is, is different again because it, it relied on grapes and, and the yeast because it kicked off fermentation straight away. Uh, so there's obviously enough, enough yeast on the grapes to, to complete the fermentation. Um, but really quite amazing having... adding. I don't know, grapes to a beer and seeing the, re- the result from that with, uh, uh, I guess, the, the, the aromatic character of the, the grapes really lends itself well to Brett. Don't, don't tell the winemaker that. Actually, the winemaker's great. It's the winemaker, person who owns the vineyard, who's just absolutely anti, anti-Brett, um, which, is, which is very funny. I hope That's, he enjoys it, but um, he, he may not. So. That's such a hot topic in the wine world at the moment is the Brett. Um, you know, is it is it okay? I don't know. I read some some long articles about it recently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's gonna be an age old tussle. I remember sitting next to uh, Jenny Port, the wine writer. Um, we uh, did the Merico dinner, uh, and um, Rob and Bron had invited her along and sat next to me. And but the dinner was heavily Brett beer focused, and I had no idea that she didn't like. Brett's also, you know, what's this? And I would, we make a lot of uh, Britannomyces beers and she's like, I don't like Brett. I'm like, <laughs> okay. 
what are you going to drink then? Because <laughs> most of the most of the dinner was was uh, matched to to Brett Forward beers. But she's a, a really good follow on Twitter, and that's probably where I was reading the articles because she's quite okay. often retweeting some of the those kind of conversations and the more controversial stuff from the wine world. So that's kind of my she's my resource for for yeah. wine information. Just she's always across it on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um. Oh yeah, uh, I just was checking if, uh, my salad list to see if I had Gaston. I, I remember drinking it, but I can't remember when I drank it, and I was hoping I still had it listed. But um, I remember loving it. But I, then I spotted Brambic. I oh, yeah, a Brambic. bottle of twenty fifteen. Did you? We've only ever done one Brambic, um, and that was it was <laughs> it was corked and caged, uh, but it was completely still. So mm. we, a lot of people were complaining that you know, I think the beer is flat. Is it meant to be? Um, it's like, you know, it's intentionally still, but stupidly putting a cork in a still beer, um, the corks are too long. So trying to pull the corks out, there's nothing to, nothing to help ease it out. So that was, yeah. Less I'm, wondering, than... I'm wondering if it, I know that some of the still Lambics out of Belgium will, will carb up after sort of five or 10 years. So um, I don't know. Yeah, look, we've got a couple of bottles stashed away somewhere, I think, but I haven't. I've still got two left somewhere, so yeah, I'm going to go with those. Uh, so, how much wild fermentation are you doing versus kind of mixed or cultures? Um, look, I guess we we still do a, a cool ship batch uh, every winter, um, which we've got a, a stainless steel cool ship. <laughs> you can probably hear that. Someone's calling my phone. Um, so we put out a, a, a cool ship, thousand litre cool ship, um, you know, once or twice a year, basically, uh, and let it ferment in barrel. Um, but I think we, we certainly rely a lot more on the existing cultures that we've built up over the last, uh, five years, seven years. Um, well, we've still got barrels from, uh, from day one, um, Flanders red barrels that we just use a really small portion to get that, that acetic note in the, in the Flanders red styles we do, um. But yeah, look, I guess proportionally mixed culture, or mixed, mixed fermentations are weird. I mean, we do a lot of Miss Pinky and a lot of uh, other, you know, one-off sour beers that we, that we do in, um, in the brewery proper. Um, we've got a new strain that we've been sort of working on. We're just constantly always trying to find new ways to make uh, beers like Miss Pinky and, and streamline that. And it's now a, a, rather than kettle souring overnight, we, we co-ferment with... Uh, our yeast strain at the same time as the souring um, that that accelerates things. We just we had to cut a, a day off production basically, so um, we, we tried a whole lot of different yeasts and bacteria to try and make it work. Because obviously you don't want to have that surviving beyond uh, for um, other beers. You don't want them to have lactic problems. Um, but yeah, that that works really well for us. Uh, so that that's it's increased our production capacity for. If, you know, shaving a day off production is, is amazing. So, um, and then for the wild ales, look, oh, I'm just trying to think how many we do. We probably not, you know, we're not doing a hundred thousand litres or anything in wild ales, um, but we'd probably be doing, I don't know, 20,000 litres a year, I guess. Hmm. Something like that, which is, you know, that's all right. Um, that's one of those things. It's, it's hard to know. I don't know how to gauge it because normally people talk about, beer and you know millions of litres per annum of IPA or pale ale or whatever but I mean for Australians to to knock back 
20,000 litres of wild ales, I think it's pretty good. I think it's great. And I think I've seen this to a couple of people recently. You know, I haven't, it's so hard to keep across everything that, you know, there's all these amazing beers coming out that I just can't stay, keep, you know, keep track of. And Impossible. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, that's the thing. I look at other producers like Wildflower and, and, and uh, you know, the fact that we can actually have a, a tiny population, but the fact that we can have a dedicated uh, blendery and, and brewer like Wildflowers, um, incredible. And there are more of them I'll see popping up. Um, I think it's brilliant. Uh, and his model is not about brew pub. Uh, it's about manufacturer, um, probably a beautiful and a wonderfully romantic notion of how to run a, uh, a production facility um, and make a go of it, which is brilliant. Mm, mm. Uh, what are you, out of all the beers we're kind of talking about, what are you really enjoying in terms of just styles and you know, what's kind of exciting you at the moment in, in, the, in the world of beer and, and drinks? I look, <laughs> I, 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 it's one of those, it's like, you know, what's, what's your favourite beer? Uh, it's one of the, what's your favourite thing to drink? Um, I enjoy a hazy, but I don't, I can't session on them generally because they're 8% and um, that's not something I really, like they, they're just, they're fascinating to have and I do enjoy them, but one is more than enough for the most part. Um, but I enjoy, for me, that 6% mark hits, hits the, the spot uh, ABV wise and knowing that I can get enough flavour. So I, I do love it, even though the sales guys shake their heads when I say, can we make a West Coast IPA? And they're just like, because you do a couple of those, like there's, we do a couple of, and we do, they're they're intermittent. Um, and we have having said that, we've got one in tank just because I said we've got to do one. Because I just want sometimes you just want that clean, bright, bitter resin flavour. Um, but then we did so did a, a, a porter recently, uh, a hoppy porter, um, and that's really nice. Um, so I quite like the idea of hops uh, and dark beers, um, and I love Belgian beers, but. Or Belgian style ales. So we've got a, a, a hoppy, a hoppy Belgian, like an eight percent hoppy Belgian uh, that's been dry hopped with American hops. Um, it's not a, it's not a Belgian IPA. It's just a hoppy Belgian. Um, and so that's, that um, that's, that's, that's tasting really nice. I think that might be my favourite style. Is the you know, thinking like Duranka uh, and, you know, the XX from Duranka and yeah. Will from Van Diemen's done some really, really great ones as well. And Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, I mean, I'd love to keep on making a lot more Belgian style. I mean, it, would, it took us, uh, the Sturk and Donker, it took us two years to sell, you know, a tiny amount because people don't want to drink Belgian ales. Like they, like some do, but not enough. Um and the proportion of people who want to drink, you know, a, a triple or, uh, you know, it's a much, much smaller quantity than, um, than people who drink wild ales. Last time uh, it was phenomenal. So like, just, that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's one of those things. I look at a number of factors it could be price point combined with it's Belgian and it's a big 500 mil bottle, but it's one of those things where I don't know. But Speaking of, uh, beers that aren't really, you know, kind of on that on the cusp of category. The um, Brayside Crown Cola. Last time I had that last year. Yeah, that's day, right. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a real one of. The, I think that snuck into my favourite beers last year. 
Okay, well, that's good to know. It's, um, look, that was one of the... We got repeat calls to make it again and because we had a canning line, we thought, well, let's put it into cans uh, and turn it into that sort of cola aspect. Um, yeah, look, and I love those sort of beers. Like, they're just fun. Um, it's probably harder to sell and people often comment, oh, you know, why are you wasting a bourbon barrel on on that? And it's like, well, you know, put Ranjit into it. And it's just like, well, no, but it's about doing something different. Why are so. you wasting the words out of your mouth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's um, where we're, we just got uh, another 16 bourbon barrels, Buffalo Trace, where it's like the brewers are Ranjit. And I'm like, no, we'll do something different. So you, 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 might, you might you might see you might see uh, Brayside Crown Cola come back, or I, I'm partial to to do an American style barley wine, um, but dry hopping post emptying of the barrels, mm. um, which yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see if that works. We've got a suggestion from the comments. Uh, Sam suggested a rack beer. A rack beer, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. that's that's on on the like. I do enjoy a good Ralph beer. Bloody hard to beat picking up a bottle of Schlenkeler for five dollars or whatever it is when you can get it. So they go, yeah. So we, we, I think if we do do it, we have to be just do it a little bit differently. Whether it's a barrel aged version of uh, that could potentially work, and maybe it'd be a cherry wood um, in there, perhaps in a bourbon barrel. It's um. That's a style that I, I, I love, you know, it's just so so gorgeous when done right, but oh, absolutely. I never think to buy them. Yeah, I don't see them often enough, and that's the problem. Yeah. I, I, if I did see them uh, often enough, then I would I'd happily, and I, I could get it delivered, but I think the wife would kill me if I had a slab of uh, Schlenkula turn up on the, on the front doorstep. Um, someone in the chat has just asked about um, the... What measures do you take with Miss Pinky to prevent cross contamination? Um, look, CIP is the is the the best thing. The, the strain that we're working with is very much uh, it's not hop tolerant. So we add uh, basically no no bitterness um, beer apart from the end of end of the beer end of ferment, um, and that pretty much knocks out the the lacto. Um, and really a good CIP. So uh, that's it. There's no substitute for cleaning, huh? No. Oh, look, and we, we, you know, hot caustic, 80 degrees Celsius, um, the right time for that. Uh, plus we use, um, uh, what's the word, chlorine dioxide, which is a, a really um, efficient uh, sanitizer for food industry. Um yeah, temperature and time are the, the, the two things that, that you rely on um, for mainly for the caustic to knock everything on the head. But then because this bacteria doesn't survive much above five IBUs, all our other beers are over five IBUs. So mm. we don't really worry too much about ongoing contamination um, just because they're not going to survive. Uh, Dave, do you have any more questions before we wrap up? No, I'm just super uh, excited by the um, the spirits. I'm looking forward to them. So yeah, look, so we look. We're, it's one of those things where because they take so long. Like when you, we got the distillery in 2017, and gin is an obvious answer because you can turn around gin in a day. 
Um, but I love barrels and being able to put something into a barrel and see it develop is really exciting. And I think, you know, there's been stuff now, uh, we, we've released some, uh, cause there were about maybe six, six barrels came over from WA with the still, um, a mix of things. And we, when they arrived, we transferred the spirits into other barrels, um, just to, we, we believe just to give it a bit of, uh, a bit, bit further depth with the, the character. Um, but now we're reaching an age where we've created our own washes and our own uh, production of the, the spirit to put into our own barrels and, and seeing that develop is, is really exciting. Well, the lucky thing about craft beer fans is everyone's very patient. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> when's the next one? When's the next one? <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone um, for joining us in the chat. We're about to wrap up and before we do, just a reminder, once I hit, um, once I fade the screen here, I'll drop a, a link to the Zoom chat that we're on if people want to join us to drink a stout and some ice cream. Matt, I'm not sure if you're sticking around with her. I think you've got a, a child got, to entertain. I do have a child to entertain. I'm also a stupid, we, we try and make it entertaining while we're in lockdown. So last week we went to Japan and we had uh, Japanese stuff and I, I ordered some it's like, where am I going to get sushi, sashimi quality fish from? So we, there's a, a joint that actually delivers now because they were a wholesale, are a wholesaler, but they're also dealt with restaurants and long story. So we got some delivered and uh, made some sushi with the kids. But uh, tonight we're, we're in, in France um, oh. and I stupidly downloaded Julia Child's Cocovin. So I've got to, got to get my stripy apron out and um, start, <laughs> start working out how to make uh, Cocovin. I can drink yeah. wine, but um, a good lockdown yeah. activity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been. Uh, people that follow my Insta would know I've been definitely embracing long cooking projects as well. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it just keeps you sane because I think the the hour long walk is is not not long enough. Um, definitely. Sounds like it's a pretty tasty night ahead. It should be. Oh, the the bottle of red wine I got. Hopefully, it's so. Pouring a whole bottle of red wine into a dish, you just go, it's got to be a half decent one. Then you go, but I don't want to spend too much because it's just going into the dish and I'm just going to cook away all that, that lovely, lovely booze. But um, it's that trade-off, I guess. How do we keep track of everything boat rocker related? Um, yeah, good question. I, look, I am shocking with social media. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, marketing manager, James, who, who is always good. In fact, he actually shot me a text today. Uh, someone had said something about, is Dramjet meant to have a cork? And that's that's one of those beers I should talk, but it's not a stout, but it is a stout. But we we did a still and a, a sparkling version. And the still version, I said, oh, yeah, we'll have a cork with it. Brilliant. So we ordered all these corks and because we, we tested one, and it's like, yeah, it fit perfectly. The ones that arrived didn't fit at all well. And then it's just become this bane because it's like we ran out of corks. Some don't, you know, so we shipped some. Some never made it like we... All the stuff that went to wholesale went with corks, but then the retailer may not have put the corks with them. And so he constantly going, there meant to be a cork with this? And it's just like, wow. <laughs> so there is supposed to be a cork with it, but you might not have got it. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. I, I quite often, I do save maybe three or four corks at all times, just in case like I open a whiskey and the cork breaks off or whatever. Yeah, oh, it's on. essential. You've got to have some spares, backups, definitely. Cling, cling film is only good for a day. <laughs> um, so if they Google Boat Rocker, I'm sure they can find. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Well, we should appear at the top, hopefully. You've got a subscription club as well, is that? We do, yeah. We have a membership. 
So we, we do a, a six bottle membership of our choice. We just brew with choice, I think we call it. Um, every every quarter you get six bottles uh, or cans or something to a certain value. Um, we also have another membership called the Admiralty, which is uh, a yearly pay in advance um, membership. And then you, that gets you six bottles or whatever per quarter uh, plus four extra 750 mil bottles or the equivalent thereof, um, plus extras, glassware, T-shirts, hats. Are there slots for that available or is that, you know? Uh, not anymore, unfortunately, but they open up once per annum uh, and they get shut down, I think, at the end of May or the end of June. Um, just because we, we make the, the limited release beers, we need to know how much we're making in advance. Mm. Some of these beers will sit on fruit and they're wild ales. It might take two months. Uh, so it's too hard to bring in extra extra people pretty much. But, um, yeah, we open it up again, I think. I don't know when we open it up. I'm wrong, wrong person to ask. We should have <laughs> um, Well, I think I'm probably going to buy some of the Jungle Gen as well. I saw it pop up and targeted advertising on my my scrabble game on my phone <laughs> i because I, I looked up i was looking up cedar fox gin um which yeah, yeah, yeah. um makes cedar fox gin because I, I really like the gin and i know that it's a you know it's a solid price point and i was and now i'm getting liquor land ads and everything i do on my on my phone but um jungle jungle gin came up um, yeah. it's, it's 80 bucks a bottle i think and i was like oh okay that's yeah look we, we always want to make things Particularly in the spirit realm, affordable. I mean, this the shit thing about. Uh, probably shouldn't be swearing on your show, but uh, about uh, gin or spirits in general is a tax. Uh, it's about twenty five dollars a bottle um, of tax that goes to the government straight away. Um, and then obviously, like the actual spirit itself is is one of the cheapest parts of the of the actual product. Um, the packaging is always more expensive. High end bottles and closures. Um, labels are uh, extra expensive again, so it's um, it's one of those things where the tax. I've never understood the tax, and I think the Alka Seltzers uh, are a prime example of where's an RTD stop and begin, mm. um, and you know the tax difference on that. Dave, uh, while we wrap up the podcast, where can people find Dave? At Melb Dave on Twitter. Uh, although now that I've stopped posting pictures of my dog. I'm not really on it anymore. So um, why have you stopped posting pictures? Of I, was, I mean, the 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 shtick was it was the same thing every day. But the downside of that, it's the same thing every day. So uh, yeah, I was like, when do I stop this? I got to pick a point at some stage. Well, it was a quality. I enjoyed it while it lasted. It's a good trend. It's a good yeah. trend. Yeah, uh, you can get me at Isle of a Time, Isle of a Time dot com. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to plug. Uh, Hypothetical Institute, obviously, for your conspiracy needs. Um, and I'm, once I hit fade across to the other screen there, I'll drop the Zoom link into the chat if people want to join us for some stout float action. Dave, have you got a stout ready? I do. Excellent. Me too. That's right. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. Sorry, thank you for having joining me. Us. Yeah, um, that was a chat soon. Good to see you. Yeah, enjoy the stout floaters. I've got, uh, got to start reading through Julia Child's cookbook. Well, <laughs> online version anyway. <laughs> enjoy your yeah. night, Matt. Thank you. See you later. Good night. Bye.